Data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics show that approximately 20% of new businesses fail in the first two years of being open, 45% during the first five years, and a staggering 65% during the first 10 years. Only 25% of new businesses make it to their 15-year mark or beyond. So if those are the odds, why do we start a business? The authors of the Fearless, of Fearless Entrepreneurs have gone through the ups and downs, the twists and turns of the entrepreneurial life, and they've survived to tell their stories. The thing that makes them different is that they made a commitment to keep going. And today you're going to meet one of those amazing fearless entrepreneurs, Marilyn Crump. The anthology book um, is called The Fearless Entrepreneurs. So stay tuned to meet Marilyn Crump. Marilyn, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you are able to um, to join us. And you've been on your entrepreneurial journey for quite a while. You are um, an an accomplished businesswoman in your own in your own right. Um, you're the founder of Art Inspired. Tell us a little bit about Art Inspired and what that's all about. Perfect. Yes. Art Inspired. I actually started it in college back in the year 2000. I was a senior getting ready to graduate. Already made a determination that I don't want to work for anybody. <laughs> I'm going to work for myself because <laughs> I, I, my parents are workaholics. They're the kinds that had two jobs at the, t at the same time. So they were always kind of gone working. And we did get to spend some good quality time, but I just saw all the stress that that led to. And when you're exposed to different things, and especially in college, I would meet people who were doing amazing stuff. And I would say, like, who do you work for? And they go, I work for me. And I said, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, rewind, tell me all about that. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to do all the things that I love, especially when, it, you know, when you're young, you're like, I want to just do it all. So I decided I'm going to call my company Art Inspired because one thing I really love to do is be creative. And at that time, I was doing ballroom dancing, photography work back when it was film photography. I was also coding websites back when we had uh, dial up and HTML. <laughs> Uh, so I had a lot of various the good old days, right? Exactly. Oh my gosh, it took forever for a page to load, but you were patient. You, you just you just had to wait. And so have I was like, look, I have more impatient. Oh my grown, gosh! You think about how long it took us to load a page back then. And like now, if it takes two seconds, we go, hurry up. You know? so, yeah, we're so used to instantaneous stuff right now. So it, I'm, I'm happy that I had that experience because I don't think, take things for granted, even photographs. When I would take photographs back then, it might be a week until I got them back into my hands and actually saw what right. I took a picture of. And I actually just taught a workshop this morning and I was telling everybody how spoiled they are because, you know, when we had a professional film role, it was 34 exposures and you really had to care for every shot that you took. 
And so we didn't take it for granted that we could just no you know, take a bunch. You of were very you were very mindful. Mindful. Absolutely. And so fast forward, I'm still doing all of those things. It has had different iterations, of course, and even to the point of running uh, several retail locations, too. And now we're here on our property. I was talking to you about this earlier. We've been here for three years and we have a standalone studio on our property now. So you learn after years of paying rent different places that mm, that kind of adds up. <laughs> I'd rather keep all the equity. And so we made the leap and um, expanded in our own like home and uh it's just been fantastic so um so here we are 21 plus years later i'm just so happy that i get to say that it is absolutely amazing before we carry on i want to say a very warm welcome to our audience this is an interactive live show so if you're watching us on facebook on linkedin on twitter on youtube um, and over on amazon live a very warm welcome to you. It's interactive. If you're new, if you've never watched the show before, tell us you're new and we'll give you a shout out. If you've got a question or a comment, feel free to make those and we'll show it on the screen. Um, we're talking to Marilyn Crump and we're talking about the book uh, by Linda Sunshine West called The Fearless Entrepreneurs. And Marilyn's chapter is called, as you can see below in the ticker, where are you on your journey? But before we carry on, we want to also let you know that um, this particular book, all the proceeds of this book does go to a, um, a nonprofit called Lemonade Day. Um, and their mission is to help prepare the youth for, for life through fun um, experiential programs, um, they teach them life skills, they teach them character education, entrepreneurship. So if you support us by buying this book, all the proceeds of the fearless entrepreneurs are going to a very, very, very good cause. So Marilyn, you were telling us, you know, how you started out your your journey back in the day with very slow internet. Um, and fast forward that to where you are now, um, you know, to doing amazing things like serving brands globally, speaking at international summits, at conferences, um, organizations like NASA's, like, wow, mind blown. <laughs> Talk us through what that journey was like. You and I had this conversation prior to us going live and saying how difficult it is for women to fight for the seat at the table because generally um, people don't take women seriously when you walk into the boardroom. Talk us through those some of those challenges that you had to overcome as a female entrepreneur. Absolutely. So where I grew up, uh, first of all, in the Philippines, like I wasn't used to a lot of female role models. We moved when I was seven and my dad was in the military. And as you can imagine, a lot of military life is very male dominated. The, what, the wives were really there for, to throw parties and socialize. I didn't see a lot of them like running their own businesses, doing other things. And I didn't see a lot of women in the ranks as that at that point as well. When I decided to go to an all women's college, however, uh, I mainly went there because they offered me a full ride. So I was like, okay, great. I don't have to pay for school. 
But then I didn't realize how empowering the culture would actually be for me. And to be a voice at the table and really see everybody who are like, you know, just varied in perspective and women in particular, hearing the accomplishments of my professors and the places they've been with their careers. It was just fascinating. And then I graduate and I go into the real world and I was like, where, where'd all the women go? <laughs> like I was so used to having these really rich conversations with other women, which, you know, growing up, you didn't kind of see that unless it was like gossip or parties. And so it was really neat to have intellectual conversations with women. But then going into the real world, going to networking meetings, being an entrepreneur back in the early 2000s, there weren't a lot of other people, especially too in the photography field. There was, it was, it was very male dominated because the cost of entry, the equipment was expensive and the ongoing costs were high. Yeah. It's, still, so, it's still expensive. It's still expensive, but you know, ha, as things have changed, it's actually, there's tons of women in that field now. And it's fantastic. Cause I always told people one of the best careers I've ever had was be, being a freelance photographer because you can be there for your children. You can make those decisions to say, I don't want to work today, you know, or you can balance out all the different types of contracts that you have. But what you're saying, you know, and I speak to different places, um, is that there is still a, a little bit of that challenge. And um, especially if people are going into places that have been dominated by males for a long time, like venture capitalist type of things. Like one of my um, schoolmates, uh, she went the um, the route of going to California, getting her, uh, pitching her stuff there. And she actually sold her business to Ikea. Her name is Leah Busk. Nice. And uh, yeah, and that's a fascinating journey right there, just to see how she was able to, you know, get in there and do what she needed to do. But I think as a woman, you have to find other strong females in in your field. Don't think of things as competition. Like we can all learn from each other. Kind of celebrate other women too. When they're you know, Marilyn, one of my favorite phrases is um, that, I, that I picked up from someone else, another female entrepreneur who's very successful, is that as women, we can lift each other as we rise. Yes. I totally believe that. And and that was the environment that I really helped, uh, was helped to develop at my uh, college, Sweeper Our College, and it sounds very ladylike. <laughs> Our colors were pink and green. And it was really such a nice celebration of being a woman. And I'm so glad that I fell into it because it wasn't intentional that I was going to go to an all-women's college. And um, there was an incident um and I believe it was about six years ago where the board tried to shut down the college because they were citing that, oh, people don't want single sex education like this anymore. It's too rural, all these other excuses. What was happening was there was a runaway board and the women just stepped in, was like, nope, we, we can't let this happen. There's no reason for this college to close down. And so there was a huge like movement that was created. People stepped up to the plate. We had um a couple of people who were lawyers, of course, that were alumni and said, you know what, we're going to make an injunction happen. They did it and then went from like wow. saying, oh, you know, this college can't afford to run anymore. We did a campaign and it was like millions and millions of dollars raised. I think there's like uh, we're in really good shape now because it's like, hey, don't rile up some of these ladies because <laughs> you know, don't, like, don't mess ready. with these we're ladies. And, you know, women, women are I'm always gobsmacked at the resilience women have, you know, no matter what is thrown in their way, um, women 
turn it into a stepping stone into something greater. Like if you want something big, you know, give a, a seed to a woman and she'll turn it into something. I, I don't know what it is about us, but we have a sense of determination, of survival to, you know, regardless of what life throws at us. And I, my favorite saying since the pandemic started is, you know, we always say when life throws you lemons, um, make some lemonade. And since the start of the pandemic, I've started saying, you know, sometimes life throws you the whole lemon tree. Huh? <laughs> that is right. <laughs> or smacks you with the lemon tree. <laughs> That's That sounds even better. Yes. So well, how have you overcome some of your challenges? Because I think that's kind of where a lot of people come unstuck sometimes. Um, is is not the fact that we get the challenges, but how we overcome those challenges. Absolutely. And I make it sound so smooth, right? Oh, 21 years later, here we are, everything's still great. But during that whole thing, and that's what I was talking about in this chapter, there's, it's a journey. You really are experiencing different things. And a lot of it is the setbacks. I was married uh, previously to my current, you know, like, yay, my current husband is my bestest friend. But before then, I made a different choice. Like on paper, this person sounded great. Uh, it was everything my parents wanted. So I still had that kind of people-pleasing stuff happening. And the biggest hurdle at that point was we weren't a good match. And so eventually that became like a very like, you know, heartbreaking divorce for me, especially because he was the one who wanted it. And there I am, you know, and I was also also being told throughout that marriage that, you know, don't do what you're doing. You should get a real job like or just stay home. Like, why are you trying to do all these things? And I was frustrated because I wanted to be a good wife, but I also knew that I, I was meant for bigger things because that's what I love. Like, do I change my, do I uh, chase my passion or should I be here for my family as what's being expected? So it Can was I like- Can I interrupt you there for a second, yeah. Marilyn? Don't you find that all through your entrepreneurial journey, that is something people throw at you all the time. It's like, when are you going to get a real job? As oh, yeah. if some, somehow, um, being an entrepreneur doesn't qualify as a a real job. Oh, yes, because you don't have the benefits. Like early on, I didn't have the benefits, right? So they were like, shouldn't you have a job with benefits? Or what if you don't get hired tomorrow? At least with a job, you have a regular paycheck. Like people kept convincing me everywhere I looked. You know, people who said that they were my friends, my parents, everybody was like, judging the lifestyle choice as if it was something very selfish, like that I was just trying to do it because I had something to prove or I didn't want to get a real job. I'm like, well, people are hiring me and they're telling me when I do a job, they're like, this is fantastic. We want to hire you again. I'm like, there's a huge disconnect here. And I think that's why I ended up marrying the person that I did was because I felt like at least that if I was married, People will see me as stable, but I really, at that time, when I'm really honest with myself now, I don't think I was ready to get married. I think it was just a way for me to be normal in a way, to be someone's wife, to be somebody's like, uh, you know, that I could lean on them or I didn't have to be independent because as a woman, you can't be independent. You know, <laughs> you have to have your husband. Like I heard that a lot, especially from my family because they were very traditional. And especially when you come from a different culture, they're not used to like women working outside of the, the household and all these other things. And so there was a lot of judgment. But then when everything just fell apart, you know, I really had to go through that period of like, 
reinventing who I was, but really kind of going back to the roots of what I really wanted in life was to be helpful. Like all I'm trying to do is be of service to as many people as possible using my talents. Isn't that what you, you know, want from anybody to say like, look, as long as you're happy doing what you're doing and you're actually helping a lot of people, why not do that? And I, I feel like it's a gift that I give. In your entrepreneurial journey, um, what was it like for you setting up your business financially? Because I find that's a huge barrier to entry in that, you know, financial institutions don't take you seriously either. Um, you know, was, was that also one of the things you had to overcome as an entrepreneur? Yes and no. One of the things that um, helped me a lot is that I'm stubborn. <laughs> so I think everybody needs a touch of stubbornness. And when you're young, and especially the, the time frame that I started my business, which was in college, um, I had a different mindset. It was more like, you know, if you just put me anywhere, I could be of value to somebody and they'll pay me. And I didn't mind doing the hustle, right? Meaning I would go from one freelance job to the other freelance job because I had different contracts. So one thing I would do is like do photographs here. I was hired um, like as a, an assistant to a casting director. So I was freelancing as an actress and doing commercial work. So earning money was super fun. And especially when you don't have kids, there's not a lot of responsibilities, right? As long as you paid for your apartment, you're good. So as you're making money now, when you do have to start going out there and uh, taking bigger leaps and when it comes to like setting up stuff like that, I really didn't go the loan route. So I don't really know that experience firsthand and how like some some things would go um, with when it comes to that other than personal loans, of course, like for homes and cars, et cetera. But uh, but my other friends, yes, I've seen that where the proposals had to just be really spot on because if it was a choice between funding her or somebody else that was not a her, um, you know, you kind of just would see certain things that were placed as limitations or the kind of questions that would be asked. It's like, oh, well, how many kids do you have? Where I feel like sometimes the men aren't asked those questions as as hard you know or or does your husband approve of you know i get that question sometimes or it, doing it seems isn't it funny how you know when when men are asked the question do you have a fat a wife and a child it seems as a, um as them being stable whereas mm -hmm. with a woman when that those questions are asked it's like i wonder how much time she's going to need off you know, I wonder yes. when she's going to get pregnant again. You know, so those kind of nuances um, are often challenges for women and barriers to entry because people sort of see as, you know, the family is going to hold her back from, from doing her best. And very often it's quite the opposite. Women work harder because of their commitment to their family. And I think if people could just make that switch in their minds... Um, and hello to Tina and Tot watching us on Amazon. She's they saying saying hello, welcome to the show. Don't you find that if people could just make that switch and realize that women with families actually work so much harder? Absolutely. I have five kids, <laughs> so I just want to put that out there. And each time I've had like a new kid in my life, it drove me harder, right? And um, my, my youngest, they're identical boys, and uh, they've been diagnosed with autism 
like level two. So they're not verbal. They're six years old. So there's a lot going on in my family. But all I can say is like, wow, I'm so thankful that I'm an entrepreneur, that I didn't listen to everybody else. Because what would happen if I had a full time job and I had to get approval for every time I wanted to just spend time with them when they weren't feeling their best or, you know, during the whole year of the pandemic, like it was such a actually a fun time for us because I was like, yay, I get to homeschool everybody like <laughs> um, and, you know, because everybody was home and I, I didn't see that as stress where I saw other people that were like, how am I going to go to work and get a sitter, get my kids, you know, in place? I never had to do that. And I've never had to ask permission to take any days off and things like that. So I highly recommend that if anyone's considering entrepreneurship, if they do it right and they've they can get away from like the naysayers, then it, there's so much payoff in it. And uh, so, yeah, all these thoughts that, and points you're bringing up is just fantastic because I really think we need to educate more people about their choices. Well, Marilyn, I tell you what, um, you know, uh, Tina taught the lady in, in on Amazon as well. She's saying she's got four kiddos at, at home as well. And I mean, for you to have accomplished what you've done, um, even having special needs children at home is absolutely amazing. You living proof of the fact that a mom can do whatever it takes, um, you know, for her family. They become your they become your driving force. Tina and Tot says she, you know, mom work at home. Moms rule the world. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes, fantastic. We absolutely, we absolutely do. So how did you meet Linda? Because um, you, you've, you've written chapter 17 and you talk about where you are in your journey. How did you meet Linda? Linda was doing everything consistently that I tell my clients to do. So she was out on the internet, you know, just going live different places. And I kept saying this woman pop up. And so I was like, well, I need to follow her, see what she's all about. So we kind of met on her live stream, just like this. So you never know who's there <laughs> that you might meet. Um, I was asking her questions on one of her live streams, just kind of like, you know, poking at her, see who she was. Oh, nice. and, yeah. And sometimes, you know, you get a good feeling and a vibe about people. And that's just what I felt with Linda. And then, you know, every so often she'd invite me to something. I'd invite her to something. And, you know, when you're in a circle of like-minded people. I don't care what what it looks like in person or virtual. It's so neat to connect. And then of course, if you can think of each other when you have opportunities, really that's how it started. And there was one moment in, um, like I was just going through some decision-making that was a little tough for me. And I said, who can I talk to that's not in my circle that can offer a fresh new perspective? And I thought of Linda right away. And so I, I um, messaged her and said, hey, I have something important I wanna ask you. It's it's not even about you, but it's about me. Which, when would you have time? She's like, in a couple hours. And I said, okay. Like we never really talked before then. She was just so warm and inviting and um, really helped me through that consideration I was making and just gave me a good aha moment um so ever since then i was like woman like you know anything you need if you're doing something if i can partake i'm there right just because i it's my way of giving back because she really really helped me at that moment linda's an absolute rock star yes um you know her her first book was called the year of fears and um she spent a year conquering a fear every single day 
I mean, that takes uber commitment <laughs> to do that consistently for an entire year. And after that, she literally became unstoppable. Um, she's gone from the one book to the other. And I can tell you, Linda has got the whole process of launching an anthology book down to the T. I mean, as you've now experienced with her, yes. you hand in your chapter. Um, it might, you know, it'll come back for corrections. But she does the whole shebang. Everything after you've handed in your chapter she handles it. She takes care of it, the marketing. She's got the whole process down. She gets the book to bestseller. She knows. So if, you, if you're watching the show and you've always thought, I want to write a book, but I don't have the time to write an entire book. Or I don't know where to start. Um, your, your best barrier to entry to becoming an author is to become part of an anthology. And I can tell you, Linda's got a gazillion titles <laughs> waiting in the wings. I, she's amazing. She's got tons of titles waiting. So reach out to Linda Sunshine West in the comments. If there's something that you'd you'd like to to do, I can promise you she's got a whole range of titles and you're bound to fit into one of those titles. Um, she'll ask you to write a chapter. She'll get somebody to read it over. She'll send it back to corrections. And after that, she'll take it to market. She'll get it printed, paperback. She'll get an ebook. She'll get it onto Amazon, to all the other online. She does the whole shebang. So let me just put it out there. Linda Sunshine West is amazing if you're helping wanting somebody to help you get published so what is your favorite or your what is your best piece of advice that you share in the book that you want people to go and read about I would say just always assess where you're at and kind of having a very realistic picture is always a good thing when you're on your journey and not being perfect I, t I tell people all the time like mm -hmm. You know, perfectionism, that's danger zone. Like avoid that at all costs. Like what you want to is be surrounded by people who care about you. And so I say fail amongst people who love you, right? Like it's almost I like lo I love that. I love that. Fail amongst people who love you. I think that is a that is a great tagline. Yeah. And sometimes the people who love you may not be your immediate family or maybe even in your household. So don't be afraid to look for love in other places. And I really found that other women and I know sometimes people are afraid that women are they don't work together. Oh, my gosh, that's not been my experience. I've just experienced like find good natured people, men and women. But I do have to credit my my women advocates because, you know what, we all know certain things that we go through and when you're amongst people that love you like that and that let you fail and tell you hey you could probably learn from this failure it's almost like you could do anything like you could try whatever you want and it's such a great feeling i mean if i could tell anybody anything it would be that you know you make a very important point there um we need about being mindful about who we surround ourselves with it's like people will say you know social media is so bad i love social media because i surround myself with the right people a lot of people complain about twitter you know oh, twitter is so bad it's such terrible people are so awful but who are you surrounding yourself with yeah that's not my feed <laughs> 
like I you know, unfollow things pretty easily because I'm like, that's not part of the bubble I want to create for myself. No, and the block button is there for a reason. Exactly. You know? oh, and 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 if anybody's me, out of line, cut them out of your it. circle. Exactly. Like to me, th that space, th this whole um, social internet space is not for a debate platform. Like I don't, I don't want to debate with anybody. And if that's what you want to do, you know, our algorithms probably will never match up because <laughs> I'm all about like saying yay to people when they accomplish something. And if someone needs, you know, a blessing or a prayer, I'm there. Like that's the kind of feed. And I feel like, you know, there's so many things going on in this world and people are really feeling really down and tough. But I, you know, I have to ask them the, the question to them would be like, what are you allowing in your space? Because mm. maybe very rarely, I don't want to be out of touch with the world, but I, I kind of like the universe I've built. <laughs> like it's a really happy place. And especially as a mom, you have to protect the energy that you bring home. And especially when you work from home, you have to protect the energy of the home. And especially when you have special needs kids, all they really have to do in communication is the feeling like they can't talk to me. They don't call me mom. They don't say things like that because they're nonverbal. And so but what they feel is what I'm I'm hovering around them with. So if I'm bombarding myself with news or negativity and I show up in their space like that, it won't be healthy for them. So if anybody's a parent, just anyone's a friend or you're visiting a loved one or you have an ailing parent, you have to be the one to be responsible for your own energy before you enter their space. And the best way you can do that is to really watch what's coming in. Mm. I think that is absolutely uh, powerful. You know, do you think that being a mom of special needs children has in some way equipped you to be better at um in your entrepreneurial journey? I think so. I, I would say the biggest lessons I'm learning right now is actually from my oldest, who is a very independent 17-year-old, almost turning 18. I'm learning how to be very patient. <laughs> um, and I'm learning, like teenagers will test you, I'm just telling you, okay? Anyone who's oh, already yeah. in that mode, oh my gosh. But <laughs> I thought I was a pretty well-grounded person until <laughs> he hit teenage years. And I was like, there's a new mom coming out right now because it's what we have to fight is our own expectations for our children. And the, the older they get, the more you know that they're about to leave the nest. You're trying to hang on so tightly and trying to say, like, this is what I've done for you so that you could be this person. But you have to say, no, they have their own life and they have to be the ones making decisions. I might not like all the decisions and I might not like the things that she's doing, but I have to ultimately say at the end of the day, it's not my life to control that I just have to like get into a, a better understanding and I have to, sometimes you have to set your bar lower. So same thing, like if you have a husband and he's not doing everything you expect him to do, maybe your bar is set too high. Maybe you have to set it higher for yourself and that's the only person you can set it higher for. You can't set it for everybody else. You have to appreciate where people are at because if you start fighting that war, People pick on that person's bar, I'm trying to pick on that person's bar. Like it's a never ending struggle. I've just learned in my life that if I just kind of work on me, I inspire others to work on themselves. And that's really just the place, the best place to be. So, yeah, so I'm so glad I'm learning these lessons for my special needs kids. But just even normal teenage kids, I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> that's probably the biggest struggle you'll ever have to face. 
I I agree. And um, Auntie Donna Brown in the in the chat is saying, um, "Teen time is a challenging time," and well said, Marilyn. Um, I you know I've been through that as well. My my boys are now grown men, and I'm about to become a grandmother to a, a baby boy. So I'm very excited about that. So yes, you know I've been through that journey as well. I think. Um, you know, our children have the ability to challenge us in ways that nobody else can. Um, you know, other people, we can tell them to get out of our space, <laughs> but we can't do that with our, with our children. And so they, they challenge us to the hilt, but it helps us to grow in amazing ways that we may not have done. Um, because when it comes to our families, we are forced to find solutions. <laughs> we have no options. As mothers, we love our children to death and we'll do anything for them. So if they have a challenge or they challenge us, um, we see that as a challenge to overcome it. You know, we don't, we don't give up because giving up is not an option. And I think that's what makes us good entrepreneurs is that we, you know, giving up is not an option. We have to find a solution. We have to find a way. Yes, exactly. I 100% agree. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so you've also written just before, you know, just to wrap up, you've also written two other books. Um, and the one that I'm also interested in is One Habit for Women Action Takers because I think that ties in very nicely with our conversation here about being a fearless um, entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so for um, me, I have this system and uh, it, it's the word dream and dream stands for direction, relinquish, efficiency, action, and momentum. Being an action taker to me is just not enough because if you don't get the first three words, know where you're going, have a direction, give some things up before you actually take that action. Like there's stuff you have to relinquish, whether it's a fear or just inefficiencies and things like that. And then pre-planning what you're actually going to do before you do it. That's where efficiencies come from. That shows you right there that sometimes, yes, taking action is a good thing, but pre-planning and getting organized. So anything that you're doing, I don't care if it's parenting, if it's business, you have to have a system. And I'm kind of known now for my systems because after 21 years, you just learn how to automate different things and really get organized. But if people follow those things and you'll reach, you'll reach that momentum point, which is that end part of the dream. So that's what I write in that chapter because I've just seen people get burnt out especially moms who are entrepreneurs, because they're doing a lot of action. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes that's not a good thing. Sometimes you got to make sure that you get to see, like, why are you doing that in the first place? Being busy is not always going to result in success. If you have efficient action, that definitely will result in success. And especially if you have a direction of why you're doing that then you're kind of guaranteeing your success at that point. So look that up, um, dream success strategy. I, I do a podcast on that, but it's just so I want to make sure that I'm, I'm saying that to people because people see me doing a lot of things, but what I don't want them doing is trying to play catch up and just trying to like, 
work so hard that they're not taking care of themselves, that's that's not a good thing ever. Okay, so mm. we got to take care of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the ladies in the Auntie Donna Brown is saying she's writing her first book and she's saying thank you very much for the tips that we're sharing. And uh, I wanted to say to her that Linda is a phenomenal person to to reach out to when you are wanting to um, to write a book. And just a reminder again to everyone um, that if you do support um, buying the book, The Fearless Entrepreneurs, all those proceeds are going to um, the Lemonade Day nonprofit organization and they support young people um, who are wanting to become entrepreneurs in their in their journey they equip them with, with life skills and they put them through all the different phases and aspects um, of becoming an entrepreneur and you know I, I really love that it's practical things that they do because you know a textbook on textbook entrepreneurship just does not work you need to be in the trenches you need to do all the practical stuff um and so those things are important so purchasing the book the fearless entrepreneurs is going to go towards uh investing in the future generation of entrepreneurs and i think that's wonderful um you know practical skills are are great i don't discount people going to university but um, it's not for every child. <laughs> not every child needs to go to university or can go to university, but it doesn't mean that they can't be successful entrepreneurs. You know, you look at some of the most successful people out there uh, today are entrepreneurs. They didn't go to university. And again, I'm not discounting university education. It's just not for everyone. <laughs> And it's not a prerequisite to becoming a good entrepreneur. In fact, some of the best entrepreneurs are special needs people. People with um, ADHD and people who are dyslexic um, have become the best entrepreneurs because at some of them didn't even know that they fell into a special needs category until they were in their 40s and 50s. And they, they just had this aha moment. But then they realized what it was that drove them to want to be successful. Absolutely. So, you know, never, never let, and this was another thing one of the ladies in one of Linda's books said, um, you know, we so often assign labels to others or labels to ourselves. And, um, and doing that is a huge disadvantage. But the other thing she also said was labels are not permanent. You know, she she's she's a medical doctor and um, she got into a situation where she could no longer practice and um, she had met, a, you know, a mental mental disability for a period of time and really hit rock bottom. But that changed, you know, things change, people change, circumstances change. And if life beats you down from time to time, it's not about being beaten down, but it's about getting up and starting over and not being, not being afraid. And I think that's one quality 
that we as moms have as well is we aren't afraid of getting up again. Yes, I would agree with that. And you have to get back up again because there's just certain things that will happen. But it's all about being resilient and forgiving of yourself. So you can only get back up if you say to yourself that it's okay, right? The, the worst thing is being too harsh on you in your own mind with your own self. What's next for you, Marilyn? Like, what's your next challenge? Well, my next challenge really would be um, scaling up. Like every entrepreneur wants to reach a different pinnacle. And for um, like the plans that I have in my own mind, like I'm not going to stop dreaming just because I've reached certain milestones. Like I have big plans. And what I want for these big plans is really to uh, build this brand so that I can inspire um, as many people. And also our big plans for our, our location here is to eventually turn it to like a retreat space as well, just because I do love gathering people and expanding our minds. We've done retreats for many years for other entrepreneurs and just people in general who want to be in that kind of more um, expansion space where they can really get their mindset straight. So that would be fantastic to get uh, some of these programs off the ground, really build our spaces so that we can give people that kind of experience. So I'm really looking forward to what the future is going to bring and I'm determined to uh, get there for sure. That's amazing. Who's been your biggest supporter in your entrepreneurial journey? I would have to give my husband a lot, a lot of credit. So um, when we met, you know, the things that he was really curious about me, like I'd never had people ask me the questions he asked me, you know, he was really into getting to know what was in my heart, what was in my soul. And I think if you find a friend like that, if you find anybody like that in your life, like hold on to them tightly. And so he's just year after year, day after day, just the best person for me. Um, a very much an encourager. And with our five kids, I need a strong partner. And uh, we have that. So I'm, I feel very lucky. And this was after a very kind of like mentally abusive relationship from the previous stuff. So if you've been in that space, just take take it into your, your mind that you're not going to repeat those types of choices. And then you might land with somebody that's just so perfect for you that would give you that kind of respect and encouragement. So, um, so that it's, I'm just very gr grateful, very grateful. Well, congratulations. And I want to just give a huge big shout out to Auntie Donna Brown. She's just bought a copy of the book on Amazon. Um, so thank you for, thank you for your support. Really appreciative, um, of that thank you for supporting um lemonade the lemonade day the nonprofit who benefits from all the proceeds of the fearless entrepreneurs marilyn i want to say a huge big congratulations for what you've been able to accomplish as a mom as a special needs mom and as a fearless entrepreneur i think you know you are one of those women that is an absolute inspiration to anyone who has hit a bump in the road, and we all do, um, you know, I think you've you've set a great example that you can you can get up, um, you know. So um, Donna Brown is asking, how can we get in touch? So this is one thing I wanted to point out to you in all um, Linda Sunshine West's books, every single author. Have a look in the book that you've just bought. 
every there's a there's a um a, a bio of every single author and then their website is there and all the websites has got a contact me page so have a look at Marilyn's chapter is chapter 17 in the book and it's called where are you in your on your journey and Marilyn's website is listed there so if you click on Marilyn's website you can get to her contact me page um, and she will definitely reach out to you. So please, please do contact her that way. And any of the other stories in the Fearless Entrepreneurs, um, you know, the stories are fairly quick to read. They're not, they're not that long. Um, so if any of the journeys resonates with you, then reach out to that specific author in the book. Um, all of them are open to being contacted, and that is why the website was listed there so that you can reach out to the individual authors. And I think that's a nice thing that Linda did so that people don't even have to go via her. They can go directly to all of the authors, which I think is amazing. And we would be so honored to hear from people. I think that would be excellent to, to hear how this chapter and all the other chapters like changed people's lives because a lot of us has that intention to put our stories out there to be a good influence absolutely um you know it's it's wonderful when you get that kind of feedback from her so auntie donna brown thank you very much and um just a huge big shout out to everyone else who's joined us on over on amazon live today we've had so much support there um, a huge shout out to everyone there. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate that you've been a part of our show today um, and wish you all a great Saturday further. Marilyn, thank you very, very much um, and uh, have a great day further. Was lovely, was so lovely, was lovely chatting to you. Stay in the green room for just a second. Take care, everyone. Happy Saturday. See you next time and stay safe. You have a story, a story that is unique, a story that needs to be heard, a story that people care about. So it can get them to stand up for what they believe in. It can inspire them to change. It can inspire them to take action. It can inspire them to care. Care enough to be the light to someone's darkness. Care enough to extend a helping hand to someone who's down and out. Care enough to call things the way they are and see them for what they could be. Your story can make a difference. Your story can save a life. Your story matters. One story changed the entire world. Your story could do the same. All you've got to do is own your story.